0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly Game Bet Match on the bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the bet Rivers Network. Hey, everybody. It's Adam the Bull. And, oh, boy, do we have a lot to get to. The NBA playoffs are heating up. The NHL playoffs are heating up. Major League Baseball now solidly into the season, plus a, what's the word, fascinating, interesting, uh, ugly, weird story uh, out of the NFL, kind of out of the NFL, that I want to get to today, too. That's all coming up on a Wednesday edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by the Bet Rivers Network. And it's all coming up next. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, folks, let's begin in the NBA. Last night, game five, two big games. Sixers-Celtics in Boston. Suns-Nuggets in Denver. Now, these were fascinating series because for the Sixers and the Nuggets... There was a lot of pressure to win these games, game fives. Especially the Nuggets. So we'll start there with the later game. The Nuggets with Jokic, he won the last two MVPs, did not win this year, but two of the last three MVPs, I should say. And yet he had done nothing in the playoffs. He made it to the Western Conference. He and the Nuggets made it to the Western Conference finals in the bubble season. But that's it. Besides that, which was a weird season. And I think everybody takes with a grain of salt. Denver and he had been a huge disappointment the last couple of years in the playoffs. Well, they dominated in the first round. They played a very good Phoenix team here in the second round, or playing a very good Phoenix team in the second round. Still finding their way, right, with Kevin Durant still pretty new to the team. The the, Suns, uh, the Nuggets took care of business at home, as they have done for much of the season. They've been the home team in the league. They've struggled on the road. The Nuggets won the first two games at home, had the 2 0 lead, seemed to be in command of the series, but not so fast. The Suns came back, won games three and four. Devin Booker was absurdly good, and it felt like Phoenix had taken back control. And the question was or had not taken back, but had taken control of the series. The question was, late last night when this game started, uh, would the Nuggets do what they've done all year, win at home? And when the Nuggets are at their best, you know, in game four, when the Suns won, Jokic scored 53. But the Suns are really at their best when he's scoring closer to 30, and the other guys are getting more involved. And that's exactly what happened last night. A close first half. Nuggets had a great first quarter. Suns took advantage in the second quarter. But the Nuggets took complete control of this game in the third quarter, scoring 39 points in the third, outscoring the Suns by fifteen by 14 points to take what was uh, a, a small lead. I think it was a three-point lead at half, I believe. And blowing it out. And the game was over at the end of the third quarter. And the Nuggets win 118-102. to 102. And just like we talked about, uh, Jokic did what he does when he's at his best. A triple-double. Most triple-doubles ever by a center. Now ahead of Will Chamberlain. 29 points. 13 rebounds, including four on the offensive board. And 12 assists as the Nuggets pulled out the victory, and there was, besides him, the scoring was really spread out. And what was big for the Nuggets, remember in game four, they got nothing off the bench. Game five, Bruce Brown has a big game off the bench, scored 25 points in 27 minutes on 7 of 11 from the field. He had a big game. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., who had a bad game four, he had 19 and 8, and Jamal Murray had 19, 5, and 6 to lead the Nuggets. To victory. Meanwhile, Phoenix, who had a big, uh, had had 40 points uh, from their bench in game one or in game four last night uh, just 26 from the bench. Shemette, who had the big game in game four, was two of six from the field and um, you know, finally they cooled off Devin Booker, still at 28 points, but was it was eight of 19 from the field after shooting about what was he, 75, 80%? The two games in Phoenix. So Nuggets, the Nuggets now back in the lead 3-2 in a series that has seen the home team won every game. Or win every game. And game four of that series is Thursday night in Phoenix. Meanwhile, maybe the biggest shocker in all of the NBA right now, if they can close it out, is that the The Philadelphia 76ers, despite the fact that Joel Embiid missed the first game of the series, that he's not obviously physically at his best, a team that has traditionally choked in the postseason with one of their stars, James Harden, having a reputation of being one of the biggest chokers ever in the postseason, took a three games to two lead on the Boston Celtics last night with a very impressive, 115-103 to 103 lead. They got on them from the jump, scoring 33 points, and they never let up. They outscored the Celtics in every quarter but the fourth and beat them 115-103 on the road. So the Celtics dropped two in a row after winning two in a row, and now game six will be in Philadelphia. You do feel like Philly's got to win game six to take care of business, but who knows? This has been a weird series. Um, in the NBA, unlike the NHL, where we've seen road teams winning consistently, the NBA, especially in this, you know, it doesn't really happen that often. We just talked about the Suns Nuggets; the home teams won every game. Not been the case. The home teams, the home team is two and three in the Sixers Celtics series, and last night in this game, both Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Top 30 points. So, he, you know, James Harden was a facilitator. He had 10 assists. He had eight rebounds in this game. He shot it well, but he did not look to shoot that much. He only took eight shots. It was Embiid and Maxi with 42 of the 79 Sixers shots, even Tobias Harris with more shots than James Harden in this one. I mean, uh, Daniel House Jr. off the bench only took one less shot than Harden, but he played a good game. He was two two rebounds shy of a triple double. Uh, but Embiid, who was getting better and better, thirty three seven and three. He had four blocks in this game. And Tyrese Maxey, six of twelve from three, was huge for Philadelphia. Tobias Harris had eleven rebounds, and Philly just beat up Boston on the glass. Forty, well. Uh, beat him up is, is, is a little strong 40 to 36, but, uh, I'm sorry, 49 to 36. Yeah. I thought it was beat up. Uh, and Philadelphia on the verge. I mean, the the NBA playoffs, usually, you know, in the baseball playoffs, the hockey playoffs, there's a lot of, you know, things you don't expect to happen. The NBA more than any other sport, it usually, you, you don't get a lot of surprises in the NBA playoffs. But already the top seed Milwaukee's been eliminated. Could the number two seed Boston go down? I mean, like, who's the favorite right now to win the NBA title? It might very well be LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers who will try to end the season of the Golden State Warriors tonight, the games in Oakland. I'll give you the latest Bet Rivers line on that one. Um, Let's see. Warriors are a seven and a half point favorite up to the second at Bet Rivers. Uh so you know, the expectations they win, but I don't know, Lakers up three one, they're playing great. The Knicks are also favored in game five. Uh the latest Bet Rivers line there is Knicks minus three and a half. But I, I think Miami's gonna take care of business and, and put the Knicks to bed. Uh, tonight's game, game five there. Both games on TNT, Heat, Knicks, 730, Lakers, Warriors, 10. The Knicks stink. Uh, they played a they played an, a, a bad team in Cleveland, a team that had no toughness. But the Knicks are not a very good team. Um, I know a lot of people are excited about their future. I'm not one of them. I don't think the Knicks are a legit contender until they get another superstar, if they can. They've had a very hard time. You'd think a team in New York with basketball would not have a hard time getting superstars. The Knicks have. That's because they're owners of putts. He's a lunatic. Uh, but the Heat are going to take care of business and, and wrap up that series. And, and if they do, for the Heat, the eighth-seeded Heat, to be the first team in the NBA to punch their ticket to the conference finals is remarkable. You don't really see that in the NBA. But you're going to see the six or seven seed, uh, likely this the, the um 7 seed lakers in the west now not a tr- typical 7 seed but the 8 seed heat in the east the one and two uh, if the celtics lose now i don't think it's over yet i still think the celtics have a good chance of coming back winning game 6 and 7 but if the celtics lose you'd have the 1 and 2 seed out in the east and the 2 and 3 out in the west with the 1 you know we'll see with denver that series is not over either it's fascinating. Uh, the NHL last night, real quick, Hurricanes beat the Devils 6-1, take a 3-1 lead there. Five goals in one period for Carolina. Very impressive as they've taken control of the series. Meanwhile, the Stars scored four goals in the second period to even their series up with the Seattle Kraken 6-3. to So that's a 2-2 series. Uh, tonight, uh, probably the end of the line for the Maple Leafs. They finally won their first playoff series, and now they're about to get swept against the Panthers. I don't think a lot of people had the Panthers going to the um, the conference finals, but that's probably where they're headed up 3-0. Although it is hockey, you never know. And the Golden Knights lead the Oilers 2-1, Game 4 in Edmonton tonight. That game at 10 o'clock. Both those games, Maple Leafs, Panthers, Golden Knights, Oilers on ESPN. Now I want to switch to football. You may remember uh, last year in the summer during training camp, there was a story that popped up about the punter of the Bills. Now, you don't hear a lot of stories about punters. That they're not the most exciting players in the NFL. But obviously, a good punter is valuable. Well, last year, the the, the Bills um, drafted a punter. You don't see punters getting drafted that often. He was a sixth-round pick. If you draft a punter or a kicker at all, the guy's usually really good, right? I mean, you, you, usually, or you, or I should say, at least the expectation is that he's really good. That he was really good in college. So, um, last year, the Bills drafted a guy whose nickname was the Punt God. I think his last name is pronounced Ariza. Matt Ariza, I believe, is how you say his name. Everybody's just calling him the Punt God. He's been off the radar for a year, so. I kind of forgot how to pronounce his last name, but I believe it's Ariza. Well, last year, um, in August, after he had been cemented his job as the starting punter in Buffalo, a story arose that Ariza was the subject of a very serious lawsuit. This came right before the season, like two weeks before the season started. Uh, the lawsuit alleged that Arisa, This is a very serious topic. So if you're listening with a, if you're listening to this podcast right now with a kid, I would suggest you don't let the, the children listen to the next minute or two. This is a very serious topic. If you don't know where I'm going. All right. So the lawsuit alleged that Ariza, who played at San Diego State, had sex with a minor outside his, his off-campus house while she was drunk in a party in October and then brought her into a room where she was repeatedly raped by multiple teammates, uh, multiple guys, including two teammates. So obviously this was a extremely serious accusation. Now, at the time the news popped up, most of us didn't know much about it. We didn't know anything about the lawsuit. You hear these accusations. The Bills hear these accusations. Originally, the Bills said, Well, we had heard about this. He had been cleared. They thought he had been, and that's why they drafted him. But there was a lot of public pressure at the time, obviously. These are very uh, serious and disturbing accusations. And so the Bills decided to cut him, and nobody picked him up. Well, just this week. Um, in fact uh, on Monday Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports who's was one of the best at covering stories like this, of this nature Dan Wetzel's a really good r- writer and columnist who writes for Yahoo. Um, whenever this kind of a, 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 a complicated subject in sports especially if it involves a college player which Arisa was at the time of this accusation Dan Wetzel's as good as he gets on these on these subjects and he wrote a Fascinating article on Monday that, you know, you should all read, I think, because uh, I'll give you the headline. Prosecutors, former Bills punter Matt Ariza wasn't present during alleged gang rape. A recently released 200 plus page transcript details exculpatory evidence in the case versus Matt Ariza. Now I'm not going to go through every last detail. I think everybody should give this a read. It's not that long a, a column. Take 10-15 minutes at the most, depending on how fast a reader you are. But the bottom line is based on test on an investigation of 124 days. And um let me just read you this part. The dual investigations by police and prosecutors included more than 35 witnesses, witness interviews, including some of the girl's friends who came to the party with her that night. Plus, uh, the results of a sexual assault team exam conducted, by the following, conducted the following day and 10 search warrants that produced 4 terabytes of information, including numerous short videos of some of the alleged encounters. That they led authorities to come to a vastly different conclusion that was alleged in the civil lawsuit, including the fact um that Arisa wasn't, uh, again, based on this investigation, I don't know this to be a fact personally, how would I? But based on this, what appears to be a very thorough investigation, Ariza apparently was not even at the house when this alleged incident took place. Now, there's more detail on the incident itself, and based on what I'm reading, it doesn't necessarily seem there was rape at all. Again, I don't know for sure. This is I had nothing to do with this investigation. I'm just reading this column by a very excellent reporter, Dan Wetzel. And yesterday on my TV show, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, I said... Briefly, we were do- yesterday was the anniversary, the first anniversary of our a TV show, so I didn't spend really any time on it. But I quickly said that I think the Browns should sign Matt Ariza. And, of course, this got people up in arms in two seconds because people are so um, over the top, which we all can be sometimes. And uh, to me, the Browns need a punter, and this guy's been cleared. He's been vindicated. They're- now, this civil lawsuit is still ongoing, and he is still – Uh, one of the accused, but based on the information we have, it appears this guy did nothing wrong. Again, I don't know for certainty, with certainty, but based on what I've read, it seems pretty clear this guy's done nothing wrong, uh, you know, in this situation. So there's two things here. Number one, I mean, if I'm a team, the guy was a great punter in college, If I need a putter, I'm going after him. Um, If you get some bad PR out of that, to me, that's ridiculous. I would ignore it. I don't care. I don't know why there would be at this point. I think we also learn, once again, an important lesson. Uh, For us in the media, for fans in general, sometimes we overreact when we hear news. And it's understandable. Usually when there is an accusation of this type of behavior, it's very uncommon for the person making the accusation to be lying. And you could sit in your house and say, they're all lying, they're out to get these guys. No, 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 that's not true. The facts say that most of the time there's an accusation, it's truthful. And so it makes sense that people would jump to believe the accusation. However, it's not always truthful. Nothing's a hundred percent. I can't I, I I read a fascinating article about this a couple of years ago about you know, people that accuse. And first of all, there's a lot of women that 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 are abused, that are raped, and don't ever report it because they're ashamed. They shouldn't be, obviously ashamed, but you know, you have a situation like this, it's, it's horrible. And so. You know, this is all horrible stuff, and I don't mean to make light of these situations at all. This is very serious business, but there are occasions, again, not often, but there are times where, and it appears that this is one of those cases where there's a fabrication of events, and that's very serious, and to me, if someone fabricates a story, well, they should be open to prosecution as well, because you've potentially ruined lives destroyed careers and no matter what happens if this matterizer did nothing wrong which it appears he didn't his reputation is permanently damaged because there'll be some people that will never they never hear the, this they'll never read the, the the story about the truth or the likely truth and won't care so i think people who make up stories If this is the case, if it can be proven that she fabricated this whole situation, I think she should be prosecuted. And I don't say that, you know, like, I'm careful with my words here because, again, most people that accuse somebody of rape, abuse, something like that, overwhelmingly are telling the truth, should be taken seriously, and should not be treated suspiciously. But in the end, not everybody is telling the truth and we have to learn the facts. And it appears that the facts in this case prove that at the very least that Matt Ariza, the punt god, which is a great nickname, did nothing wrong here. Certainly nothing illegal. And thus, his career taken away from him as a rookie, it appears unfairly. And if I'm an NFL team that needs a punter, I'm not hesitating for a second. The team I cover most often here in Cleveland, obviously, is the Browns. The Browns have a veteran punter uh, that I would move on from. And if I'm the Browns, or if I'm any team in the NFL that needs a punter, punter, I am, sign- I am bringing Matt Horizon at the very least, bringing him into camp for a tryout. And if he's given an opportunity, you have to believe he's making an NFL team. Now, you never know. Maybe he's gotten out of shape in the last year. I mean, you joke about it with a punter. Maybe he's been so busy dealing with his lawsuit he hasn't practiced enough. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's not that good, and he was good in college. I don't know. I, you would think kickers and punters would be the easiest to translate, although we've seen a lot of kickers drafted, and they fail because of pressure. Maybe he's mentally scarred for everything he's been through for the last year and can't punt. I don't know. But uh, I would certainly, if I'm a team that needs a punter, I'm, I am I want to take a look at this guy, if nothing else. All right let's uh move on from that somewhat disturbing topic to a much lighter topic, Major league baseball uh I did lose my bet after winning two on um what was it Monday I don't be I, I i don't think I picked my games on the show Monday, but I have the proof from the ultimate Cleveland sports show on Monday. I did uh pick the games. Monday on the ultimate Cleveland sports show. I went two and zero on Monday. Had the Rays and the Diamondbacks Monday on the run line, both won by three runs. Yesterday, I dropped the ball. I had the Dodgers Brewers over nine and a half. They fell short. Man, it was it was six two, and the Dodgers had second and third, nobody out, or. No, no, I think the bases loaded, one out in the eighth inning, and then then the Dodgers had first and second, nobody out in the ninth. Then the Brewers had first and second, nobody out in the bottom of the ninth. I'm like, come on, give me two more runs. Didn't happen though. So unfortunately, I let you all down, but still 24 and 12 uh, picking baseball games on the year. Um, and so overall feeling. Feeling good about where I am at and trying to help you be successful with baseball, basketball picks. Now I've been staying away from basketball. Um, yes, uh, I'll get to the picks in a second. But uh, yesterday, Major League Baseball, a couple of things. Um, Cardinals have won three in a row for the first time all year. I have no idea what David Ross, the, Cub, the Cubs manager, was doing here. He brought in so. Jamison Tyone starts the game. He's awful. Gets knocked out in the third inning. In the, To start the fourth inning, he brings in Javier Assad to pitch. Now, Assad has pitched uh, as a starter in the minors. He did start one game in the big leagues. But going into last night, he had only pitched 12 innings in the big leagues. Now, he had pitched well, really well, for five innings. And he hadn't given up a run. And... In the ninth, you tied at four. Like, at some point, the guy hasn't thrown a lot of pitches in the big league. I don't understand a 4-4 game in the ninth. Why? And I know he had pitched well. He had pitched really well, five innings. You could say, well, it's easy to second guess. I, I, it's You got five innings out of him. Uh, to push him for more than that, oh, you know, over 50 pitches out of the pen, I thought that was kind of crazy. So, uh, of course, he gives up two runs in the sixth and the ninth, and, and that's that. The Cardinals win the game 6-4, so they do get their first three-game winning streak. Tampa with a rare loss, uh, beaten by Baltimore 4-2 last night, just their eighth loss of the season. Shane Bieber pitched well, probably his best start of the year. He, the, the Guardians blanked the Tigers 2-0. The Mets continue to struggle. They lose to the Reds 7-6. The Mets are 17-19. and is a mess. Aaron Judge comes back for the Yankees, but Glyber Torres is the guy hits the big home run. The A's get three home runs from their rookie infielder Jordan Diaz, but they lose 10-5. Oakland now 8-29. The Braves, it seems like it doesn't matter. The Braves lose another pitcher. Max Fried goes on the injured list. Doesn't matter. They win again. Beat Boston 9-3. Dodgers, Noah Syndergaard. I mentioned that game 6-2. They win. Uh, Noah Syndergaard leaves the game early. Big shocker there. That guy's always hurt. Another one of those pitchers that's always hurt. Great pitching matchup between the Astros and Angels. Framber Valdez was awesome. Struck out 12. Beat Shohei Otani in a matchup of really good pitchers. Low-scoring game, as you'd expect, 3-1 the final. Jorge Soler, the veteran, hits a pair of homers. Marlins beat the Diamondbacks 6-2. Mariners won 5-0. George Kirby's been really good for Seattle as they get back to 500. Giants beat the Nats 4-1. And in this game, um, Clark Schmidt, excuse me, not Clark, Casey Schmidt, made his Major League debut. The Giants called him up. To play shortstop makes his major league debut, goes two for four with a solo home run. I mean, how sweet is that? Hitting a home run in your first major league game. Kudos to him. Other action, Rockies beat the Pirates ten to one. Uh Luis Ortiz of the Pirates uh got called up to make the start and he, he struggled. A lot of unearned runs. But he struggled. The Phillies beat the Blue Jays eight four. Aaron Nola seems to be rounding into shape. On the other hand, my uh, AL Cy Young pick Alec Manoa has has been really up and down. White Sox beat the Royals four two. They'll be White Sox be an interesting team to keep uh, an eye on at the trade deadline. You know, unless they can drastically change their fortunes, because they got a lot of guys that could be valuable to teams. They just have bad defense, bad chemistry. I don't like that team at all. I've never liked that team. When others have picked them, I haven't. They're bad again. They might have a fire sale unless they, like I said, they really change quickly. Padres beat the Twins 6-1. And uh, that's it. Uh, There you go for Major League Baseball. All right. Let me give you some good pitching matchups tonight. And I give you my pick. Um, I, I do. It's it's a good pitching matchup. Uh, a lot of day games today because getaway day for some of these games. But uh, Dodgers Brewers one forty Eastern. Clayton Kershaw hit the fountain of youth. He's pitching really well. So is Wade Miley from Milwaukee. It's actually a really interesting uh, pitching matchup today. Uh, Edward Cabrera the Marlins doesn't have a particularly great ERA, but I, he's such fascinating stuff. I'm waiting for this guy to put put, put it all together. He'll face Merrill Kelly in that game between the Marlins and the Diamondbacks. Luis Castillo on the hill for the Mariners. Always like watching him pitch. Uh, Kevin Gosman, Zach Wheeler looks good on paper. Neither guy's been great this year between uh, Toronto and Philly. Uh, and uh, Seth Lugo and Pablo Lopez in that Padres Twins game, 740. No no uh, late games you know, West Coast time. Uh tonight Justin Verlander will pitch for the Mets as well. I kinda like um I'll give you a game that I like today. Um I I like I kinda like the Nationals today plus one thirty to win. I don't love picking really bad teams, but I kinda like the matchup. I, I like um the young kid Josiah Gray i mean the the, uh, the nats have been so bad that um he, and I, nobody's paying a lot of attention to them but this guy's pitched really well um for washington in in a sea of of yuckiness um he's been real good um he he has you know average strikeout an inning the home runs are a little high, but I kind of I kind of like the Nationals. I'm going to take the Nationals plus 130 on the money line today, and um, so there you go. There's there's the pick, the Nationals. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for me. I will be. I got a lot of other things going on this week. I'll be doing some uh, preview videos for some big games uh, tomorrow and Friday. And uh, also, uh, we'll get going on the fr- on the Friday podcast as well too. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. I'll talk to you again Thursday and Friday. Where else? Well, actually, in the in the podcast world, only uh, on Friday. Right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers Network. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.